Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of the Canberra Football Show, episode 91, reviewing everything round 18 from MPL, MPLW and CPL. As always, a lot to discuss today, but is there any way, any, any way we can start this show without having a little bit of a chat about the Matildas making the semi-finals? Michael, very, very nerve-wracking ending there to that one. Uh, but what do you make of it overall? Obviously, France played uh, really well. They had a few chances. Uh, Matilda's had a few chances. Um, so probably going to um, two penalties was probably right in terms of just the balance of play. But uh, longest World, um, World Cup penalty shootout as well, ever. Men's yeah. yeah, this game had absolutely sort of everything. And, you know, it was close from the very first whistle up until, you know, the penalty shootout where thankfully and I think I speak on behalf of the whole nation, thankfully that Australia was able to get through in that, but yeah, 20 penalties in that shootout. And, you know, obviously before the Matildas sealed it, they had a couple of opportunities before that to close the deal and they couldn't. So you potentially thought, Oh no, don't tell me it's going to go the other way. Normally when you see, something like that happen, you, you still, you can't help but think the worst. But they kept their heads in the end, which was obviously important, but uh, they were absolutely exceptional. It, it's great to obviously have them now in the semi-final, which is a first in Matilda's history. So another landmark, even better to do it at a World Cup in your home country. So, you know, they've got all the confidence in the world to say, why can't we go all the way? And I'm sure they would have thought that even at the beginning of the tournament. So a great result for the Matildas. It'll be interesting to see how they go in the semi-final. And I'm just very looking forward, very much, sorry, looking forward to it, seeing if the fairy tale is going to continue, but we'll be there sort of supporting them, uh, no doubt. And I thought that overall, actually, over the course of the whole game, I thought the Matildas were probably better Anyway, uh, I thought France started pretty well, but then sort of after that first, like, sort of 20 minutes, 30 minutes, I think that's where the Matildas really grew into it and actually played the better football from there on out. So, yeah, it was a great night. Plenty of celebrations going around for sure. There certainly was. And as of when this goes out, that'll be tomorrow night, 8pm on Prime and Optus. So go support the Matildas and watch that. And uh, fingers crossed, that they make the final. And I believe Webby actually got um, his prediction correct, saying that it would be Matilda's winning on penalties. So uh, well done to you, Webby, when uh, Michael and I were both wrong there. I said extra times. So I was I was closer than you, Michael. You just said regular yeah, I said two, one. I think I just said 2-1. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's it. Well, let's get uh, started in the MPL, where we had some interesting results, and, and we are ever closer to determining a league champion. Not there yet. However, it could actually happen by next week. We'll get that into it as we discuss. But first, we kick off with two teams right in the thick of things for the top four race. And it was a victory for Gungahlin United, 2-1 over Tigers FC. Tigers came uh, close to opening the scoring 18 minutes in as Edward McCarthy made a darting run from the left wing, uh, cut inside before unleashing... A low shot which hit the post. Uh, Julian Borgner uh, opened the scoring on the cusp of halftime as he put away the opportunity from the penalty spot. 
the incident which led to that penalty was there was a free kick from just outside the box. Free kick was struck in and he hit the wall. But uh, as it hit the wall, um, it was deemed that the uh, one of the players in the wall handballed it in the process. Seven minutes into the second half, Gungahlin struck back level as Nick Dahl cut inside from the wing and placed the ball to Sam Habtamerium in the box. He squared it for Bernabeu Madrid, who unleashed a bullet of a shot for the fast far post. Really nice goal. Go check that one out. Gungahlin struck again a minute later as Jeremy Habtamerium received the ball uh, from a th- uh, from a throw-in, uh, he proceeded to very neatly turn his marker and dink the ball into the box for his brother Sam uh, for the header in the back of the net. Great build-up play for this one, and that was also an assist and a goal overall for Sam Habtamerium on the day. Tough loss for Tigers as they now drop to tied third place with Olympic. However, Olympic do have the edge on goal difference. Croatia trailed them by three points and Monaro by four. Big win for Gungahlin, though, as they back up their catch-up victory over Monaro midweek with another one on Saturday. This launches them into second place, one point above Olympic and Tigers, and they trail O'Connor by nine points. Now, mathematically, Gungahlin are the only side that can stop Olymp- uh, that can stop O'Connor from winning the title. However, they would need a perfect record, uh for them to do so. And they would also need O'Connor to lose essentially every game. And then the um, point and then the goal difference will also need to be on their side. Uh, regardless though, good, really good form for uh, Gungahlin at a crucial point in this top four race. So they are in pole position of all the teams from second to sixth that are trying to secure their place with three matches remaining in the league. And another big result, Michael, on the weekend for the home side, they got the victory here. And uh, what does that victory mean for them? Yeah, you're right, Matt. A huge result in the context of this match. It was Tuggeranong United getting a last-minute winner against Canberra Olympic. It'll, well, maybe not last, last minute, but very, very close to the end of the game. It certainly would have felt like that anyway when that goal went in. Uh, which proved to be the ultimate difference in this game, Matt. 1-0 for Tuggeranong. And it obviously means that they are officially confirmed from being relegated this season. They've confirmed their safety. Uh, So it's a huge result for Tuggeranong United. As the season was winding down to its end, you know, there was obviously the slight possibility of, you know, maybe something bizarre happening, but getting the three points in this game for Tuggeranong United meant they didn't have to worry about relegation anymore. They're staying in NPL football next season, and we'll get into a bit later what that means for the side that will ultimately be relegated to CPL next season. But it was Hislop who scored the goal, Matt, in the 88th minute of this game. So he got past two defenders and on the edge of the penalty area before, you know, producing a really good effort, right-footed, uh, just out of the reach of Olympic uh, custodian Seb Usai. And then obviously, once they had realised that that ball had gone into the back of the net, you could imagine the scenes, and they were quite the scenes, Matt, of you know being embraced by a bunch of white and green coloured shirts and whatnot, uh, sending the home support into 
absolute mayhem because they knew what that was obviously going to eventuate to if they managed to hold on for the three points, which they did. It means that Tuggeranong stay up. It's a huge win for them. And it's exactly what they needed, I think, after coming back from CPL. I think the main goal for them would have just been to make sure that they stayed up this season and then they can use what they had managed to achieve this season and build on that for you know next season and even beyond. So it sort of gave them a good foundation to not get relegated straight back to CPL. But nevertheless, the victory mean sorry, the victory means that Tuggeranong are eleven points clear of the West Canberra Wanderers, Matt, with three matches remaining, which means that the Wanderers are going down to CPL. And obviously it's not a great feeling. It's not a great result for the club, obviously, to be relegated from the MPL competition. But nevertheless, we'll get into that a little bit later when we talk about their match a bit later on in the show. But this result and this loss for Olympic meant that they dropped to third place on the league table, Matt. So Hislop's goal, that was his fifth of the season. And uh, I also saw that, you know, Tuggeranong, uh, it gave Tuggeranong the Adam Fry Memorial Shield, which is a, a trophy that is played for each season in memory of former Tuggeranong player Adam Fry and raises money for epilepsy ACT. So a great piece of, you know, meaning behind this fixture and what it obviously means more particularly for Tuggeranong United. So a great day for Tuggeranong United Football Club. They stay up, Matt. They'll be playing NPL football next season. Matt, do you want to get into our next match? It was a another win for a side that is just boasting with confidence and momentum. They certainly are, and that was a Connor one two one victory over Monaro. But it was Monaro that took the lead first in this one. Twenty one minutes into the contest, as Jordan as Jordan Thurtell hit a massive kick from his uh, goal box, well beyond the halfway line, which Jeno Chiruti uh, won the ball and neatly dinked the keeper with the ball hitting the post, then going in. A nice goal here. Uh, a ball was uh, put out wide for James Driscoll, who hit it across goal, which Jordan Thurtell parried away. However, Michael Adams was there to take advantage and put his side level 32 minutes into this contest. O'Connor took the lead uh, two minutes into stoppage time as of the first half as Lachlan Fields did a 1-2 with Isosa Rahegi and Fields continued to make a darting run before placing the ball past Thurtell for the lead heady into the break and ultimately the match. O'Connor came close to getting a third as Ehege held up the ball uh, before laying it off for an incoming Michael Adams on the run who hit it low for the corner. However, it hit the post. Overall in this one, a tough loss for Monaro as they now drop to sixth place and four points off the top four. While they aren't far off that top four, they did miss the opportunity to be in it at this point in time as um, obviously this loss and then the loss midweek as well to Gungahlin. On the other hand, though, for O'Connor, they are currently nine points ahead of Gungahlin. So theoretically, O'Connor only need a draw next week to clinch that title. 
their fine form continues and they have not lost a, or uh, they have not lost a match since round 7 they've won uh, all those games in the process and only drawing one in that time so you want to talk about incredible form there that is incredible form for o'connor essentially the only way they can really lose this title is if they lose every match um, in the remaining last three. And then they also need um, Gungahlin to win every match. And then the goal difference needs to be um, in favor of Gungahlin there. So very unlikely that O'Connor will let this one slip. And overall, we've mentioned, Michael, how well O'Connor have done and how this is such an incredible job. Let's just reiterate that again. 18 months ago, they were promoted from the CPL after a 13-year absence from top-flight football were the O'Connor Knights. They made the top four in their first season back, which is a great achievement. And they are now within one point of winning the league, 18 months from being promoted into the MPL. Absolutely incredible for O'Connor Knights. And that could get done this weekend. And um, coincidentally, they are facing the only team that can technically catch them if results go their way, Ingen Garland United. So uh, very, very um, apropos there, uh, considering that. Funny how these things always work out as well. But O'Connor, fate is in their hands this weekend. Uh, and if they do win absolute scenes, you can imagine at the ground, at, o- at the O'Connor Club and whatnot, but we'll have to see how that one goes. So O'Connor in incredible form and only one point away from winning MPL. That's right, Matt. And I mean, you touched on it there, the sort of last, you know, the past 18 months, the journey that that club has been from, like you said, the 13-year hiatus to returning to MPL football after winning, you know, after getting uh, into the MPL last season, to get top four to this season where they've just progressively gotten better and they're on the cusp of winning the league is just an extraordinary achievement for that club in such a short sort of time span. So you can't really say anything else other than to applaud and recognised or recognise, sorry, their brilliance and what they've been able to achieve in such a short amount of time is really remarkable. So, I mean, they'll have a lot to play for it. It'll be a big day when they take on the uh, Gungahlin United. So it, it's going to be a special day in their history uh, for absolute sure if they've managed to, you know, get the victory in that match. Uh, and, you know, I think another aspect of it as well has just been that they've been able to keep a large amount of that squad Together, they've had a few, uh, I guess, players leave over the past 18 months here and there, but they've managed to bring in really good players as well to help elevate their level. Like we talked about the departure of Connor Minot-Smith at the start of the season and what sort of impact that was going to have on the O'Connor Knights, seeing that he was a really good player for O'Connor last season and obviously he he had moved on to Monaro for this season, but they've just taken it up a notch and that, that... you have to sort of give a round of applause for O'Connor Knights in that instance. It's been a great season for them and we'll see what they go on to achieve, not only this season, but in the future as well. So nevertheless, we'll get into our last match of the round, Matt. It was Canberra-Croatia 5 against West Canberra Wanderers 
two. So goals for Dominici, three of them, and John with an own goal before Waraga got on the score sheet as well. For West Canberra, it was sure with a double. So like I mentioned earlier in the show, Matt, West Canberra Wanderers officially relegated to CPL with this loss. And that came obviously after Tuggerong United were able to defeat Olympic at home, which again, which we reiterated before, 11 points off with three games remaining. So it's just mathematically impossible for them to survive relegation. And like I said before, it's a fairly sad ending uh, for their time in MPL, especially when you consider the struggles that they had gone through to stay up last season. And, you know, obviously their fortunes not really changing a whole lot for this season. It just became a very difficult task for them to overcome. But nevertheless, we'll get into the breakdown of the game. It was Dominici uh, scoring with a magnificently placed curling shot just before the sort of mid midway point of the opening half of the game, Matt. And then Shaw for West Canberra responded within two minutes to bring the scores level. But then a known goal from Christopher John restored Croatia's lead. But incredibly, Shaw leveled the match yet again, almost immediately. So two counter punches there from West Canberra in the opening half of football and what was an entertaining first half certainly very evenly contested and as we move on into the match a penalty was awarded for handball and it was dispatched by Dominici and that gave Canberra Croatia a halftime lead and from that point onwards uh, you know the Wanderers stay in the MPL division had sort of had its writing on the wall it seemed to be doomed and their attempts at trying to, you know, go out on their sword, so to say, uh, was, you know, put to rest when Canberra Croatia uh, scored again through Waraga in the 76th minute. So that was sort of like the knife, the dagger in the heart for West Canberra Wanderers. The writing was on the wall at that moment in time. And then, Dominici acrobatically volleyed in home uh, a goal from Daniel Sparrow's in-swinging delivery to complete his hat-trick in this game and confirm the Wanderers going down to CPL football. So like I said, it's a very sad day for West Canberra and we have talked about it numerous times on the show, just the struggles that they had sort of had to go through all of this season, the confidence obviously not being at an all-time high, you know, and remaining winless for this long in the season also doesn't help either. But one thing we do know, Matt, is that that they tried their heart out every single week. And there are a lot of games this season where if a few things went their way, they definitely could have had some matches where they would have come away with, you know, a point or even potentially three points. You know, they were they were close on multiple occasions. I think maybe just the luck wasn't on their side. But nevertheless, it confirms their status in CPL for next season. We'll wait and see who will replace them from CPL into the MPL next campaign. But nevertheless, Matt, 
let's get into the round 19 MPL fixtures. What have we got? All right, we kick things off with West Canberra Wanderers against Tuggerong United, Saturday, August 19th, 2 p.m. at Melrose Synthetic. Then we have uh, the battle of the two teams that are placed, uh, both are tied on third place at the moment, Canberra Olympic against Tigers FC, Saturday, August 19th, 3 p.m. at O'Connor Enclosed. Then we have Canberra Croatia against Monaro Panthers, Saturday, August 19th, 5.30 p.m. at Deakin Stadium. Then on Sunday, uh, the big one, even though we have the a lot of the uh, top four teams that are, fight, are fighting for that top four playing against each other, <clears throat> we do have the match that might contest the title. Gungahlin United against O'Connor Knights, Sunday, August 20th, 3 p.m. at AOS Grassfield 2. Now, like we said before, the... Um, the only way, the only result that won't result in O'Connor winning the league this weekend is if Gungarland wins. And again, if O'Connor get a draw or a win, they've secured themselves uh, the MPL title. So a lot of stuff there, not to mention uh, four, of the t- four out of the five teams fighting for that top four uh, spot as well. Huge weekend all around in MPL this weekend. All right, now moving on to the MPLW, where the team that is currently leading the top of the standings had an emphatic victory. 7-0 winner, uh, 7-0 was the scoreline for Belconnen United against West Canberra Wanderers. Hattie Cram continued her fine form as she scored a brace for the opening of the match within 23 minutes. Ford's instinct for both of her goals as she pounced on a loose ball for the first one with a nice strike and got on the end of a low cross for the second. I believe this is her fourth goal in three games, if I'm not mistaken, and it takes her goal-scoring tally to 12 for the season. Third in the top scorer charts. Belconnen United made it 3-0 in the 37th minute via an absolute bullet of a strike from Pearl Teen from outside the box into the top corner. Great goal here. Go check it out if you haven't seen it. Captain Talia Backhouse gave her side a 4-0 advantage heading into halftime as she won the ball back in the box and struck a great shot in the back of the net. West Canberra Wanderers uh, were able to keep the Blue Devils out until the last 10 minutes of the second half. Bessie Reith-Muller made it 5 as she took advantage of an attempted... uh, Keeper save. This was her thir- 13th of the campaign. Second of the goal scoring charts, five behind leader Brittany Palombi. Riley Ewan made it six, uh, similar to the previous goal uh, just scored before by Bessie Reithmuller. She won the ball, and um, uh, but this one was in a bit of a scramble, and uh, she placed it into the back of the net. Backhouse capped off an emphatic seven uh, victory at seven as she scored in stoppage time. She grabbed the ball from just outside the box and struck a good strike across the keeper for the far post, <clears throat> taking a brace for the day. Tough day at the office for the Wanderers as they came up against a determined and lethal Belconnen United. Uh, they remain in eighth place, one point behind ANU and two points behind Tuggy. So they are still within touching distance of avoiding the wooden spoon. Belconnen United were absolutely lethal on Saturday as they... And arguably, they could have had more goals as well. They hit the post on a, a number of occasions also. Overall, though, as we mentioned last week, they they are in a great position and hold destiny in their hands. 
They lead the table by two points over Olympic and Gangalan with two matches in hand. So, as we said there, we've got another team with Destiny in their hands and we'll, it'll be interesting to see as we head into the last three matches. And at the moment, they definitely have the form too. However, for them, it's actually five matches because they still have those two catch-up matches. So quite a bit of football left to play in the next month for Belconi United and Olympic as well, who still have those two matches in hand. And talking about Olympic, Michael, uh, it was a fantastic day for uh, Olivia Gurney. Yeah, twice, Matt. So she got a double and that was what saw Olympic win 2-0 in this game against ANUW. It was a goalless first half, though, and that was, I think, credit to the solid ANU W defense, you know, building under relentless uh, attacks from Canberra Olympic without, you know, showing any signs of breaking down or anything like that. And I think that's something that we've talked about quite a lot. We've just talked about the resilience of this ANU W side and how hard they are, in fact, to actually break down in these football matches. But apart from a goal being denied to uh, Gurney for being offside, Claire Joseph and her defence, you know, always found a, a way to put a foot, you know, a hand, body on the line uh, to keep the ball from not going in the back of the net. So it just speaks again to that unwillingness to let anything up. And they did a fantastic job in that first half to keep Olympic at bay. But... It was after the restart in the 50th minute, Matt, where Olympic would open the scoring. In this game, it was from Gurney. Uh, onside this time, you know, it was found in the box, dribbled around Joseph to finish into an empty net. And then she then got her second goal after the hour mark, 13 minutes later after her first goal opening up the scoring for the game. Uh, it was on the edge of the box with a swerved effort from the edge of the area. And... It was quite a great finish, to say the least, Matt. And, you know, this offers her team three very, very important points to remain in reach of leaders in this MPLW competition, the Belconnen Blue Devils. So they're keeping tabs on them, Matt. We know how good Belconnen have been this season, but it just keeps up the pressure as we continue to wind down the MPLW season before finals. Matt, do you want to get into our next match? A big win for the hosts. It certainly was big win for Gangalan United. 5-1 against Canberra United Academy. Sharon Chow opened the scoring for the Gunners as she received the back pass from Michelle Heyman and struck the ball first time for the top corner. Really, really good strike here. Less than a minute later, after assisting the opener, Heyman got her first goal of the match. Ella Brown dinked the nice ball into the box, which Heyman proceeded to uh, strike the ball on the bounce in the back of the net. Another really good goal here. Five minutes later, after assisting the previous goal, Ella Brown got one of her own. Uh, Heyman ran in the box with the keepers uh, coming out to try and stop Heyman from shooting. However, as soon as she was close enough, Heyman cut it back just in time to Brown, who finished off the chance with an open goal. CUA grabbed one back in the 32nd minute as Perry Nash pounced on a ricocheted save from Emily Kelly to put it in the back of the net. 
On the cusp of halftime, Heyman scored again for her brace as she converted an indirect free kick inside the box. The only goal of the second half came courtesy of Heyman as she ran onto a ball over the top that was put over the top of the defence and completed the play by placing it past the keeper at the far post for her hat-trick. This is Heyman's sixth goal of the MPLW campaign. Overall, tough day at the office for CUA against a very determined Gungarland side. Uh, they remain outside the top four by 10 points with a match in hand. So while it is still mathematically possible for them to make the top four, it seems a little unlikely now as they would need a perfect end to the season and for Croatia um, not to do so as well. But that doesn't take away from the good season they have had uh, still Time to go, so we'll wait and see how things turn out. Uh, overall for Gunners, though, another big result and impressive performance as they continue to knock on the door and make things difficult for the other top four sides. They are now tied in second place with Olympic. However, Olympic do have the two games in hand. Michael, we mentioned big victories and uh, the away side on this occasion in Canberra, Croatia, uh, very determined uh, to put up a to put up a performance. Yeah, they were, Matt. The biggest result of this past weekend's action across all the competitions, a huge 9-0 win for Canberra Croatia against Tuggeranong United in this game. It was Palombi with a hat-trick, as well as Marzas with a hat-trick, Berkeley on the score sheet, and Barach with two goals. So the captain struck after the first five minutes in the game, Matt, and scored her second with a volley from pretty close range in the 13th minute of the proceedings. It was Marzis uh, displaying her talent with a powerful shot, Matt, uh, after eight minutes uh, of play. So at that point, uh, it was the second goal of the game before uh, Palombi had scored her second goal that I mentioned a moment ago. And then she scored, uh, Marzis scored a poacher's effort in the 26th minute. So, I mean, they were just rampant right from the get-go, Matt. And then Berkeley scored the fifth goal a, a minute later at the end of a cross from Palombi. So it was already 5-0 at this point before the half-hour mark just to show how dominant they were in this game. And Barach went on to score in the 44th and 45th minutes in this game to extend the lead even further before the break. So the, the job was essentially done at halftime, given how ruthless and determined Canberra Croatia were in front of goal, Matt. The last two goals were scored, you know, towards the tailor end of the game, letting Marzis and Palombi to complete their hat tricks, respectively. Palombi ex extended her lead at the top of the goal scoring charts, Matt, to 18 goals in MPLW with her hat trick. Just goes to show, and we've said it for years, just how potent she is in front of goal. And it's no surprise that she's leading the goal-scoring charts, that's for sure. But Marzis uh, cut at the near post a volley and across from point-blank range uh, before a shot slash cross from her captain around the top right corner of Wiggins' net. Uh, Marzis has now reached double figures for the season with... 10 goals, Matt, after that hat-trick. So she's tied fourth in the goal-scoring charts with Belconnen's Talia Backhouse. Deacon remain... Sorry, uh, the Deacon-based side 
remain fourth on the table despite the large scoreline that was in their favour. They're two points behind the Gunners who they face next up. So it's going to be an entertaining clash to say the least, Matt, and I'll let you get into the fixtures to break down what we've got to look forward to in MPLW. Yeah, good segue there. Uh, Everything will kick off, uh, though, with... Canberra United Academy against Canberra Olympic Saturday, August 19th, 3pm at the Hawker Football Centre. Then we have the Sunday matches, which begins with West Canberra Wanderers against ANUWFC, Sunday, August 20, 12.45pm at Melrose Synthetic. Then we have Tuggeron United against Belcon United, Sunday, August 20, 3pm at Canberra, 201. And then we end things off with the match you just mentioned there, Michael, Uh one of the teams that are tied second at the moment against uh, fourth. Actually, I'll that bit. And then we get into the match like you mentioned before, Michael. Uh, the big one for the weekend, Canberra Croatia against Gungahlin United. Sunday, August 20, 3 p.m. at Deakin Stadium. That one should be a cracker there. All right, Michael, we head into the CPL section of our show now. And let's kick things off with ANU, who got a big win and a return to form for them. Yeah, much needed return to form for ANU in this one. It was a comfortable scoreline in the end, 5-1 in this game. It was duck on the score sheet for Juventus. But it was Spears with a hat-trick and Sakari with a double for ANU in this contest, Matt. You know, they got... The away side got off to a lightning start as Spears scored in the opening seven minutes, but it was Juventus who struck back, leveling the scoring at 1-1 five minutes later through Nathan Duck. That's his 12th goal of the season, Matt. And it goes to show just how good he has been for Canberra at Juventus this season. He's certainly been one of their better players. That's for absolute sure. Then Sakari for ANU gave them back the lead in the 29th minute and ultimately uh, the lead heading into the sheds at half time. So at that point it was 2-1 with the second goal there coming in the 29th minute of the game. And it was ANU who ended up, you know, being the ones to score in the second half with a further three goals. It was Spears who scored a brace in the second half in the 58th and 64th minutes respectively. His overall hat-trick for the game takes his goal tally for the season to 11 goals, Matt. So, again, another individual that's having a good season. Sakari scored his second for his brace to cap off the match at 5-1 in the 66th minute. So, Juventus were not you know, able to follow up last week's great effort and great win against Wagga despite being in the fight during the first half and opening stages of the second half. They remain seventh place, three points above last place White Eagles, Matt. As for ANU, they picked up a crucial victory at a pivotal time in the season. You know, their form was slipping off as they didn't have a win in their past three matches before this game. So it was a much-needed win for them. And they're now tied third place with Brindies, but have the edge on goal difference and Belco trail by one point and Wagga by two points. Matt, do you want to get into our next match up in CPL action? A 
very, very big scoreline for the away side again in this one and by the same scoreline. It certainly was 5-1 victory for the Brindabella Blues over Wagga City Wanderers. Brindy's got off to the perfect start at Gissing Oval as they score within the first minute of play, courtesy of their side's top goal scorer, Curtis Schaefer. This is the strikers' 10th goal of the CPL campaign. The Brindies proceeded to extend their lead to 3-0 by the half-hour mark via goals from Henry, Henry Wilkes and an own goal from Timothy Cross. Wagga grabbed one back thanks to Jake Plongis for his 14th strike of the CPL season. He is second in the goal-scoring charts, two behind leaders, Darren Bailey and Nico Abbott. Unfortunately for Plongis, uh, it seemed like he came off with a bit of an injury. Hopefully, it's nothing too serious for him there. Brindy's kept up the strong work in the second half as they added another two to the scoreboard to round off the game at 5-1. The goals were scored by Jamie Ward and Riley Williams in the 73rd and 81st minutes, respectively. A tough loss for Wagga as they have dropped out of the top four, I believe, for the first time in a while. I could be wrong there, but they are currently in the sixth place, two points behind the Brindies and ANU with a match in hand, though. So, as we mentioned, their form has been dropping a little bit at the wrong time of the season. They have now not won a match in four uh, attempts. The Brindies, on the other hand, with a great result, an emphatic one as well, away from home, as we mentioned, it's not very easy to travel to the Roof Arena, let alone get a win by that scoreline. Their form continues at the right time, as we also mentioned last week with Webby. They have not lost in seven or so matches now as we head into the last three matches of the season. So, as we mentioned before, Brindy's picking up at the right time, similarly to last season. Michael, what is our next matchup? Uh, They call it the Balkan Derby, and Queanbeyan got a massive victory as they keep pace with White Eagles. Yeah, Matt, that's right. It was a close contest in this one, one 1-0 in this game. Queanbeyan City with the victory over Canberra White Eagles. Abbott was the difference maker in this game with a goal in the 48th minute of the match. And, you know, it was going to be no one else other than the Argentine forward to score the goal in this game. He's had a very good season for Queanbeyan, you know, Queenbian had a corner kick which dipped in at the back post where Abbott struck a great header across goal into the top corner, Matt. And that's his 16th goal of the season, which means he is now tied at the top of the goal-scoring charts with Darren Bailey. So he has been absolutely exceptional for Queenbian this season. And it's another tough loss for White Eagles on the flip side of this, Matt. You know, They've yet to win a match since round 12 against ANU. They remain three points below Canberra Juventus in last place. So again, things are becoming a little bit more nervy for them in terms of their status in CPL. Queenbian again pulled off another crucial victory as they remain within touching distance of Yulgalian first. They're still only four points off with a match in hand, Matt. So some crucial times ahead. And we mentioned their resurgence recently. You know, they've not lost a match since round nine against Yulgali. They've won six and drawn two 
in that time span. So it just goes to highlight how good Queanbeyan have been and how good their form has been in that time. And I mean, for them, they're just going to want that to continue, Matt, most definitely. Matt, do you want to get into our last match of the round? A big win for the league leaders in this match. It certainly was for Ugali. 2-0 victors over Belconnen United. Ugali opened the score in the 23rd minute as they put a nice ball uh, from halfway uh, that was put over the defence from Mason Donadell to square it across goal for Muhammad Ali Kanusi to finish off the play. Uh, the home side double their lead less than a minute from the beginning of the second stanza. Josh DeRossi made a darting run through midfield putting it out wide for Mason Donadell, who delivered a low cross into the box, which was, uh, which there was a bit of a scramble of the ball before Joe Priest put it in the back of the net. This is Priest's 12th goal of the CPL season, putting him level with his teammate Josh DeRossi for goals scored uh, this season. Always a tough task traveling to Griffith, especially when Ugali uh, never lose at home uh, this season. However, with that loss uh, for Belcon, and that means they drop out of the top four and trail ANU and Brindis by one point. So uh, by one point, still in the thicker things with three matches to go. This is also Belcon's first loss in four matches after winning two of their last three before... Oh, sorry, after winning two of their last three and the, and the third uh, was a draw as well. So Belcon were in quite a bit of form before this loss, and they'll be looking to pick that back up next week. Another win for Ugali at home, as they have still yet to drop any points at Solomad Stadium, like I mentioned before. Another crucial win as well, as Michael mentioned previously, uh, since Queanbeyan are breathing down their necks by four points with a match in hand. Now Ugali's attentions turn to the road as they will be traveling for their next two encounters. Michael, some big matches in CPL this weekend. Uh, how do we kick it off? Kick it off with Brindabella Blues up against Canberra Juventus, Saturday, August 19th, 3pm at Ipen Park in Corwell. Then have Belconi United playing Queanbeyan City. That will be huge, just for the context of what we were talking about before with Queanbeyan keeping pace with Yulgali. That match will be Saturday, August 19th, 3pm at McKellar Park. A new play host to Canberra White Eagles Saturday, August 19th, 3.15 p.m. at A new South Oval before our last match of the round. The Wagga City Wanderers up against Yulgali Saturday, August 19th, 4.30 p.m. kickoff time there at Gissing Oval. So some great games to look forward to. And across the league as well, Matt, as we edge closer and closer to final football. We certainly do. Uh, that's uh, that's it for us for episode 91. I apologize there. My voice was sort of getting a bit croaky. I'm probably uh, losing my voice. But regardless, Michael, any last uh, words before we head off here? Obviously, uh, some intriguing and um, important matches this weekend in Canberra, not to mention uh, tomorrow by this recording, that big semifinal for the Matildas against England. That's right, Matt. The huge semi-final is probably what's on everyone's mind uh, at the forefront, given everything that's going on at the moment. 
it's going to be a great game of football. And obviously we'll, you know, the next episode that we deliver will either be singing the praises of the Matildas making a World Cup uh, final or if they'll be on the other end of the spectrum. We hope not, but let's wait and see what happens. Nevertheless, it's going to be a very entertaining game of football to say the least, but I'm looking forward to it. And as always, looking forward to breaking everything down next time we hop on the show, Matt, because I'm sure there's more storylines that are going to develop by the next time we get on the show and break everything down. Well, technically, if I'm not mistaken, I think the finals actually this weekend as well, uh, technically. So if oh, well, you win that semifinal, we might be talking Ooh, about yes. them. So yeah, uh, of all the three options, we <laughs> then getting knocked out of the semis or making the final losing or making the final win, we'll know by uh, next Monday's show. So I just had in my mind that I just had right. in my mind in yeah. the group stage, they obviously had the lengthy breaks between yeah. games. Uh, so they're obviously playing a lot more, you know, well, the distance between matches now, obviously, as you get into the tournament, sort of shorten. So I guess I was still thinking about the fact that when they were in the group stage, it felt like, you know, the matches were being separated, at, you know, very long stretches. But nevertheless, you know, hopefully we're singing the Matilda's praises winning the women's world cup mat so let's uh keep the spirits high and see what happens indeed we'll see what happens there thank you so much for joining everyone for episode 91 of the canberra football show as always enjoy your weekend enjoy the football and come on you matildas